But doctrines are important, um, even though it's not a sexy word. Um, so 1 Corinthians 12. So tonight I'm going to talk about the doctrine of, of, of charisma or the charismatic renewal. We are, when, whenever you see a, a phone book now, there's a name in there that 20 years ago wasn't there. Charismatic church. No one any such a thing. We were the first word church in Central Florida. Before I came here, there was no such a thing. You think about that for a minute. Um, we had to put it in the phone book. There wasn't any, anything called word, faith in word. There was a few charismatic churches. But um, whenever Buddy Harrison started a word church in Tulsa, that was the first one that had ever, ever been. Now it's become common. You hear it all the time. You hear everywhere you go. You hear, you know, word churches, faith in word churches, and, um, and they're spreading around the United States like crazy. But the, but the term charismatic. So we're going to talk a little bit about what happened Monday night. Did y'all enjoy that? We're going to talk about God moving and the move of God. Um, before I get started, let me, let me make a disclaimer. There are people who are full, fully born again and going to heaven that have never been in a move of God. They don't, they don't have it in their church. That God has never moved in their church. Now, when we say that, we say, well, God is everywhere. Well, he is, he is everywhere. He's not manifest everywhere. And there's a reason he, he manifests and a reason he wants to manifest. But, but the phenomenon of having God show up is, is really kind of, uh, it's, it's not accepted everywhere, even in, even in uh, Assembly of God, Church of God, Pentecostal churches. There used to be, they're not anymore. And so we'll, I want to talk to you about that phenomenon because, because I, want you, I don't want you to walk out of here and think, that somehow or another, that people who go to a Nazarene church, Baptist church, um, Church of Christ, whatever, they're less Christians, just righteous as you are, love Jesus as much as you do. They're not, they're not less Christian, but there are things that they don't know, and it doesn't benefit them to not know it. You can walk to the store if you want to. You can drive a car. And I think having... And understanding that what happened with the charismatic movement, the word charismatic means gifts. And we're going to talk about a church that has the gifts of the Spirit in it. Very different than a lot of other churches. You come in here, we had a young man um, came in here about a month ago and got born again 90 days ago. Told me Monday night, 90 days ago. And he came up to me and said, I want to know about tongues. I want to know about that. I want to know about that. The gifts of the Spirit don't, does not scare sinners. It doesn't. People have tried, they've been worried about what happens if a sinner watches us run out and jump his. Nothing. They don't give a rip. I, I, I was a heathen, walked in an Ernest Angel meeting, it didn't bother me. I got healed by the power of God. I, I, I mean, church does, um, religion drove me nuts. It drove me out of church. But the move of God doesn't. So don't you think about this for a minute. Why would, why would anybody not want God 
The Holy Ghost is God, right? I mean, he's Holy Ghost. I realize he's third God, not a very big God, not a very important God, but he's still God, right? I'm being facetious. I'm being facetious. No, he's just, he, he's this God as, as the Father. He's God. Why would you run God out of your church? Thank you, thank you for y'all's enthusiasm. Why would you not want God to come to church? You might mess up your church. Well, it's kind of stupid to me. It's kind of like, that's stupid. But he does not always do things the way you think they should be done. And he does do some strange things, and even Jesus did. You know, people talk about Smith Wigglesworth now. Do you do y'all know why he never was in a denomination? Nobody would have him. They wouldn't have him. He was too unorthodox. Somebody'd have cancer, he'd walk up and slap him upside the head. They'd get healed. And they thought, well, that you know, you just can't come around slapping people. Well, everybody he slapped got healed. <laughs> but he was very unorthodox. God's not always going to do things the way you think they should be done. If he does, then if you got him figured out, then you're God. You don't have him figured out. You don't believe him, but don't tell him how to do it because he's not going to do it the way you think he's going to do it. All right, let's look at 1 Corinthians 12, look at 4. It says, there are differences of gifts, but they're the same spirit. There's differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There's diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one to profit all. To one is given a word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith. Not, not the general faith you got saved with. This is a gift of faith. By the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning spirits. To another, different or diverse kinds of tongues. And to another interpretation of tongues, but one and the same spirit works all of these, distributing each one individually as he wills. Something happened in the United States of America about the 60s and the 70s. God started pouring out his spirit on churches. Now, it wasn't that he just did it sovereignly. People started seeking God. And there was an Episcopalian priest named Dennis Bennett. Now, of all the people for God to use, the Episcopalians, you wouldn't think God would ever used Episcopalian for anything. They call themselves Whiskeypalians because they take communion alone all the time. Six pack of communion elevator. Just every time I've ever seen one, you know, they got a beer. They think, they think that drinking is, it's a freedom in Jesus that they have to, in their mind. Anyway, I went, I went over and helped an Episcopalian priest here in town that I got filled with the Holy Ghost. And it was a beer party while we were hauling the pastor stuff out anyway. So everybody had a beer, wanted to know if I wanted one. We had a talk. So any, anyway, so the Episcopalians, Dennis Bennett, began preaching on the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Well, all of a sudden, it was a new phenomenon. It, and it went outside of Pentecost, traditional Pentecostal churches. In other words, there was a time if you want to know anything about tongues, you had to go to Church of God, you had to go to Assembly of God, or some form of Pentecostal holiness. And the world called them holy rollers. Now, the reason for that, they were very, they were, it was very common 
for the, for the Spirit of God to move in their churches and for them to jump and run aisles and et cetera, et cetera. And they were referred to as unorthodox, ignorant, and unlearned people. And they always had wooden churches outside of town, and the Baptists always had brick buildings inside of town. So naturally, we know who's ignorant and unlearned. Until the faith people started teaching tongue talkers how to get money. Well, we're going to get on that one again. It's very soon. We're going to get, we got to do this. So, so, so if you want to know anything about tongues, you had to go to a traditional Pentecostal church. But most people wouldn't be caught dead in the Pentecostal church because they, of the branding, their holy rollers. And I went to Church of God. My sister, Robin, married Johnny Hammond, whose dad was a Church of God preacher. And as a, as a sinner, I went to their church. And they rolled in the floor. I mean, they did. A Holy Ghost would fall. Now, they, they, they did not know what we know today as far as the move of God. Because Curtis Hammond, before he died, made a statement to me. Now, I'm just I'm not, you know, he's one, of the, he's one of the finest men I've ever met. But he got a hold of some Norval Hayes tapes. Pentecostal. And he said to me one day, he said, you're not going to believe what I'm going to tell you. I said, Curtis, what? He said, I spoke in tongues in an elevator. <laughs> to him, absolutely radical to talk in tongues outside of a church building. Are y'all out there? They didn't speak in tongues until the Spirit moved them. Well, y'all are quiet. Y'all have changed since Monday night. Let's see if we can get you fired back up. I just laughed and I said, Curtis, I, I, I actually do believe that. And he said, oh, man. He said, it was quite the deal. I was going up to the hospital and I was in the elevator and, and I started talking in tongues in the elevator. He said, I've never, in my, I've never had that happen to me before. They still were waiting on God to move them. And they would run aisles and jump pews and, go, and then the, God would move. And then they'd start speaking in tongues and, and they thought that it was just a sovereign move of God and Sunday morning and and I don't think there's one of them ever spoke in tongues from Monday. That's why they were always in church. In order to live right, you're going to have to stay in church because there ain't no way to live right Monday through Friday unless you go to church all the time. So it's funny how, how this has evolved. Well, people like Kenneth Hagin, brother, the Lord spoke to him and says, I want you to get out of your church. Now, he was an Assembly of God pastor turned in his credentials, and got out of the church and started holding all faiths crusades in neutral locations. That's when Baptist, Presbyterians, Episcopalians, Catholics started getting filled with the Holy Ghost speaking tongues. God started what well, then? So what happened was it started a movement called the charismatic movement. Now, I got saved during the beginning of it, and in my town... I went to a church, I won't name the name of the church, got up Sunday morning and preached that um, the 700 Club was of the devil. Speaking in tongues was the devil. And, uh, and boy, this preacher, this guy was fired up and he was pounding the podium and slinging spit everywhere and talking about this new and the devil's on the loose. And I laughed and I thought, I am full of the devil myself right now. And I just thought, well, and the Lord warned me. He says, now don't be going to church in this town. I tried. It, it was a mess. And so I think finally after a while, everybody calmed down. 
and realize that when all these people start getting filled with the Holy Ghost, this might not be the devil after all. So the charismatic movement began. Now, the word charismatic means gifts. Now, what that means is we started having the gifts of the Spirit operating in churches. Now, people did not, they were not comfortable going back to their church. They tried. They're still trying. We still have people who they believe the Lord has called them back to their dead church to be a witness. Unless you have the pulpit, you can't do anything in a dead church. You're just in a dead church because you want to be in a dead church. So if you want to get out of a dead church, just well, you're going to have to walk out. So, so, they, so people started walk, going out and finding these churches or Bible studies where people were getting filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues. And then the gifts of the Spirit started operating in churches. Now, I'm just looking at Mel and Betty. This church started off Lockhart United Methodist Church. And uh, the pastor got filled with the Holy Ghost, spoken to Methodist. And took his church into the baptism. And then they shipped him to Belglade. Shipped him to Belglade to burn him out. The Methodist church did. So then, they, then the Word of Life church hired him back. And then uh, they had another pastor before me. And uh, they just liked me better. And I was in hating the Lord. So when you get back, they're going to ask you to take that church. And I said, I have not. I thought Jesus died for all my sins. I just didn't see myself pastoring. I just didn't see that at the time. And so, so anyway, you know, this church, uh, this church actually is formerly a spirit-filled Methodist church. Okay. And uh, I had to wait for a few guys on the board to die because, you know, because a board-run church is unscriptural. Now we have a board, but I'm talking about a board-run church where you hire and fire the pastor. And when the board is more, is, is more carnal than the pastor, you, you, the, chill, the inmates are running the asylum. That's true. <laughs> and it was a mess. I just prayed and said, help me, Jesus, for about two or three years. And he did. Thank you, Jesus. All right, so, so, so this thing called the charismatic movement broke out. And I told you the other day that what happened was is that everybody seemed to have lost their doctrines. People come along and they'll probably ask you, what does your church believe? Well, we don't really preach doctrine much. Used to be if you went to a Baptist church, you learned their, their doctrines. If you went to a Catholic church, you didn't learn anything, um, but you believed in Mary. So if you went to any other church, that you know, a Lutheran church, you learned about Lutheran. You went to a Methodist church, you learned about Wesley. And I'm not sure how much of the doctrines you learn, but I'm pretty sure that the pastor there preached on doctrines so you know what you believe. But the charismatic movement has gotten to the place now where they don't, they don't preach much or nothing on doctrine. As a matter of fact, you can walk in, you can even do this in a word church. You can go to Rhema Church. You can come here and then go to another town at Rhema Church, and it's nothing like this one. I mean, it's gotten to where you can't even hardly go by that anymore. So now... You just basically are walking in. What most people do is they go online first. Check us out. Are they crazy? They got snakes. What are they doing in there? Is he, you know, what's he preaching on? Is he a heretic? And then they'll slip in and sit in the back, making sure they're safe. Then after a while, they're like, okay, okay, this is pretty safe. We can, we can come here. And, you know, so, so that's kind of the way they do it. By the time I get to them in the foyer, I say, hey, how you enjoy the service? They say, oh, we've been online now for a month. 
I said, okay. So you decided to come? They said, yeah, absolutely. So go to Acts chapter 1, and I want to talk to you about um, the, the, the difference in a charismatic church and a non-charismatic church. And I want you to, I want you to see. Now, um, I, guess, I guess you could say we're a charismatic church, even though there's a lot of things charismatics do I don't agree with. They're goofy. Now, let me make a statement to you, and I want to make a qualification. And this is true for me. Just because the guy's a pastor doesn't mean he's mature. Y'all right. need to know that. It doesn't mean that he's bad. He might be a baby Christian. And you need to know that. If you walk in and you've been taught well, you're going to get up and go, whoa. All right. But, but he might be a good guy. But he might not know much himself, and he's preaching all he knows, the best of his ability, and growing a great church. And he probably has a building full of babies. Now, let me help you with this for a minute. A boy who's a seven, a girl who's a nine won't marry him. A boy who's a three, a girl who's a seven, she won't marry him either. Threes marry threes, five marries fives, and tens marry tens. Are y'all out there? I hope I'm trying to explain something to you. Birds of a feather actually really, really do flock together. So if you've been in a ten church, you're not going to a seven. Once you've been in Mac Hammond's church, once you've been in, in Mark Hankins' church, you, you're, you're hard-pressed to find anything to, where to go to. I mean, you, you, there's like... Well, are we going to move to Sarasota and go to Keith Moore's church? Or are we going to move to Minneapolis? I mean, you, you just start getting in the place where you just, you just can't go anywhere because, because you're getting taught so well. But if you've been taught three all your life, a four is like, whoa, a revival. <laughs> Do y'all see that? I'm trying to make it a point so y'all can start seeing it. It doesn't mean that it's bad. It just means it might not be. So I'm going to say this and help you. I wasn't mature when I began here. I was a, I was a big a problem as everybody in the building. And Betty will go, yeah, amen, he was. And Melanie was too. Don't let her lie to you. She was a, she was a mess. But you know what? The Lord asked me to do it. And, and uh, you know, if you stick with something for a while, you'll grow up. Brother Hagen made a statement. He said, every year I went to God and said, please forgive me for all the stupid things I did last year. You know, you don't realize how dumb you are till later. Yeah. I look back, I'm embarrassed. I went one time, honest to God, I did this. I went and I went up in the shed and I got all the cassettes that I ever preached and threw them in the garbage. <laughs> I said, I can't believe I was that stupid. Now I did, Kenny, get Jesus on a tree out and uh, Jesus and Jonah, I've, I, since I preached one good week, and I probably had a few other things we did. It was good. But, you know, you look back and you're, you're kind of like, oh, God, who, why didn't someone get me out of the rain? I didn't have any sense. And I'm pretty sure in 10 years from now I'm going to look back and go, oh, Jesus. But we should all be growing, right? Yeah. All right. Now, 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 I said that as a disclaimer because I don't want you to walk out of here and go, well, they think there's something. Well, we are. There are some things we know. But we're not more righteous or a better Christian than other people. 
Now, if you know something, use it to help people. And don't, don't boast. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. It says, And being assembled together, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem to wait for the promise of the Father. He said, You've heard of me. For John baptized with water, but you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, he asked them and said, Lord, will you not at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? They're looking for the millennial reign to begin. It didn't. Okay, I thought I'd let y'all know that. And he said, it's not for you to know the times of the season the Father put in your authority, but you'll receive power. Underline the word in your Bible, power. He didn't say anything in there about being born again. Listen to me very carefully. That because every church that right now that's not like this one, if you ask them what day the church began, they'll say on the day of Pentecost. And they'll tell you that what Jesus said was on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Ghost came and the church began. It's not true. When John went to the, to the tomb and, and he saw the empty and he believed, did he get saved? Yes, yes he did. You believe he died on the cross and rose from the dead, you're saved. Romans 10, right? right? Then it says in John 20 that Jesus appeared to him and breathed on him and said, receive the Holy Spirit. He's talking to Christians here. He's not talking to sinners. They're saved. So this phenomenon is about power. Let me say it. The baptism in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, is about power, not new birth. The church without the Holy Ghost is powerless. You're not going to go in there and see miracles. They're not going to have any. Because the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of tongues is the door to the supernatural. If you don't have it, you've not gone in the room of the supernatural. Nobody will argue that you're not saved. Nobody will argue that your relatives that grew up in the church get saved. But I will tell you that you're not affecting the kingdom of darkness much at all because you have no power. You're a policeman with no car, no badge, no gun, no shotgun, no mace. You have nothing. And you're arresting good people. The bad ones aren't, are laughing at you. So if you want to affect darkness, you're going to need power. Come on, y'all. I'm, I want y'all to get this. You've got to get this. Because Monday night, I mean, I mean, the Holy Ghost fell and blew doors off his place. And people would go, I don't see the necessity of that. Well, that's because you don't care a darn about sinners. You don't give a dang if anybody gets saved or not. All you care about is whether you get to go to heaven or not. There's a little bit more to this than you going to heaven. And if you're going to have any power, then you're going to need the Holy Ghost. Are y'all out there? See, that's, this is the thing. This is the divide. Did you know the baptism of the Holy Ghost is not about tongues to a denominational person? Healing is not about, that. We don't, they don't differ with us on healing. They go to the doctor. So where is the disconnect? The disconnect is, 
if you don't care whether anyone gets saved or not, you don't need any power. If you're a selfish baby Christian, you don't need gifts. Are y'all out there? I mean, let's just get, let's lay the cards on the table. Jesus had to have gifts and he's God in the flesh. Who do you think you are? And he commanded the church, don't leave Jerusalem until you're endued with power. Not the new birth, power. And I'm going to tell you something. If you get around a jet engine, they crank it up, you're going to know there's some power there. I mean, it's not quiet. And when one takes off, you're going to know it. He'll go to the, I think I was watching Kenny on, the, on Facebook the other day, and there was a little dragster. When a drag racer comes by, you, you know it. It's noisy. Anything with power will make noise. And if you're not noisy, you probably just don't have any power. I just don't see any reason for the noise. Well, and listen, if you're riding a bicycle, we get it. Oh, it's just too noisy. It's just too, well, all right, you, you know what? Just pedal on down the road, Leroy. Do what you want to. We don't give a rip. But I'm going to crank up my truck, and you're going to hear, blah, 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 blah. That's because there's a little bit more than one pedal power boy on it. Well, I'm preaching better to good right now. So, so Jesus said to the disciples, don't leave Jerusalem until you're endued with power. So what's the door to the power. What, what ha- the, the Holy Ghost. You're filled with the Holy Ghost and power. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. And what happens is when you walk in a church like that, you notice there's a lot more going on than just a few dead saints. They had a, you know, there was a guy died of a heart attack in a church last week here in Apopka. And the uh, ambulance hauled 27 people out before they found the guy that was dead. I'm teasing, I'm teasing, I'm teasing, I'm teasing. It looks like a funeral home. Thank you for y'all's enthusiasm. Y'all get any quieter, man. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to bring Mark Hankins. Get back down here and fire these people back. Hallelujah. John 20, 20, the the page right before this. And I'm going to read verse 8 at 1, 8 in a minute. I want to come back to that. It says in 21, Jesus said to them, peace be unto you. The father sent me, I'm going to send you. And when he said this, he breathed on and said to receive the Holy Spirit. They got saved, guys. They aren't born again. All right, now let's go back to Acts 1.8. Let's read this. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you and you'll be witnesses to me. So what is it for? Listen, if you want to get the devil out of somebody, you're going to need some power. You want to get someone healed, you're going to need some power. As a matter of fact, if you want to do something other than just sing John 3, 16 to Kumbaya, you're going to need a little bit of power. Jesus went around and and healed all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. You wait till somebody comes in here sick, you're going to need some power. You see someone depressed, you're going to need some power. Just looking at them telling them to go to the doctor that God doesn't do it anymore is not power. It's actually not true. It's a lie. And it's not God that's the fault, it's the pastor that's the fault. Don't shout me down. 
So, the, so people in denominational churches got tired of, of bad churches and they came out of them and started going to non-denominational charismatic churches. And, and, and so now when you ride through the neighborhood, you see a sign that says, uh, traditional service and other. They have one for the dead folks and one for the half-living folks. It's, it's, it's silly. It's almost silly. We want to sing Kumbaya. All right. So he says, you're going to be filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Now, now go with me to um, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Because I've had people, you know, and good, I'm being good, spirit-filled people. Uh, they just look at me and say, well, you know, I'm not sure I understand the reason for all of this noise. I mean, I don't, you know, uh, there's a scripture that says, do not lean to your own understanding. I, I want to tell you a little secret. After you've been in heaven about 100 million years, you still will not have God figured out. So I'm going to tell you, you don't right now. That he's going to do all kinds of stuff that just doesn't make any sense to you at all. But just let him do his thing. He knows what he's doing. Amen. So, so 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and I want you all to see this in verse 10. Please read this with me. I want you to read it in your Bible. I want you to get a hold of this stuff. It says, God is, it says but God revealed them to us by his spirit. Oh, no, no, no. Start with 9. As it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, entered the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. Don't stop there. Well, you know, I hadn't seen or ear heard what God's got for them. But, 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 B-U-T, but, God has revealed them to us through his spirit. Now, let me make a statement to you right here. And I'm going to make, I want you to understand this. And, and I know, I know that it, it, you're not going to believe everything I'm fixing to say, but it's true. You will never, never know the things of God without the Holy Ghost showing them to you. Do you understand that? And so you people who say, I think y'all just make too much of Jesus. Well, when you get to heaven, we're going to let you go to hell one day a week. So because we know, we know it's going to be too much for you. That's a stupid step. What's happening is you're carnal. You're carnal Christians and the things of the spirit of God. I'm going to show you in the Bible. If you're a carnal Christian, the things of the Holy Ghost make no sense to your head. But until your heart gets right, the Holy Ghost is not going to show you anything. He'll bypass you. He'll, he'll go right over your head. Right? People in the church getting blessed by God and you're sitting there going, what in the world is going on? Because, you, because it's a heart issue. He doesn't have to show you anything and he won't show you anything. Are y'all getting this? You got to go to God and go, you know what? If I'm wrong, I need you, show me. I don't, want to, I don't want to go through life ignorant and not know anything because, because unless the Holy Spirit takes things in the Bible and shows them, you, you cannot, you can't understand them in your head at all. You can't. You, they make no sense to you. That's why y'all have relatives and you've sat back and talked to them. And, when, and after you talk to them, they give you this blank look and go, well... So here's what I want you to do. I want you to walk up to a crib one day, and I want you to talk to a six-month-old baby about um, how to make a baby. 
And I want you to tell me the response of this kid. There's no way that kid can have any concept of what you're talking about. Are y'all out there? There's things that you want. Now, I'm going to read it to you, but I want you to see when I'm reading it what I'm reading. I want you to go, oh, that's actually in the Bible. He didn't make that up. Are y'all ready? Y'all are quiet, so I'm going to preach to you an hour longer. But God has revealed to them through the Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, the deep things of God. The only one that knows the things of God is the Holy Ghost. What man knows the things of a man except the spirit of that man that's in him? Nobody knows you but your spirit. Even so, nobody on this earth knows the things of God except the Holy Ghost. He's the only one who knows God. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit that's from God that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. All right, now let me, let me make a statement to you. Let's come back here a minute. If you're not praying in tongues, you're ignorant as a rock. Oh, come over here, y'all. Come on. I'm just... You say, well, I don't understand what I'm saying. Well, then quit asking your brain questions. Do we need to go on or can we, do we need to stay here a minute? Your brain goes, oh, what are you saying? 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 Your head is, is ignorant. Don't ask it. Don't ask it anything. It's a five-year-old child. But if you're praying the Holy Ghost a while, the Spirit of God will show you something. You'll go, oh, oh, all of a sudden, I, I, oh my God, I was thinking, and I, I don't know how, but I just got a revelation of something. Right. On the Holy Ghost is talking to you, to your heart, and now your head is going, woo! And now you're one of us. <laughs> and you're walking around going, Oh, this is cool. This is awesome. All of you people that know what I'm talking about, nod and go, oh, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. All right. Now, see, everybody that's not like us, we go, they just don't know. All right. Now, let's, let's read the rest of this. I want you to get it. There's hope for us. Verse 12. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who's from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Well, let me make a statement to you. Without being filled with the Holy Ghost, there's a, most of your Bible will never make any sense. It'll never make any sense. I don't care if you go to Bible school. I studied the subject of redemption for a year. When I got finished reading books, you know what I knew? Nothing. I, I was so frustrated. I was so frustrated. Mark Hankins um, talks about this a lot in his book, Pray and the Prayers in Ephesians. And I had a woman in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I called her up and I said, would you, and I, I asked her a stupid question. I said, would you get everybody at Raymond to pray this for me? Well, she didn't. <laughs> she knew she, oh, she didn't know I didn't need, you know, 500 people praying for me. But I really want to know real bad. And I kept reading the same Bible over and 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 over. And I'll be honest with you, in a year, I didn't know any more than when I began. It just, it, the book was shut. It's closed. Made no sense. 
Einstein's theory of relativity. I don't understand it either. And I don't care. But if I want to know, I'm sure the Holy Ghost will show me. Now, I'm sitting on my couch, and I saw the Holy Ghost come through the kitchen. I don't know how I saw it. I don't know how I saw it. And it came through the kitchen. It was like a fog, and it hit me. Boom, in the face. And all of a sudden, God downloaded John 3, 16 through 21, Romans 10, 9, and 10. And, and those things I talked to you about people being saved. And instantly, and he showed me what redemption was instantly. I had a Holy Ghost fit in the living room. I'm dancing, shouting, screaming, hollering, wow! Now, I'd been reading the book, so I knew the scriptures. But all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost talked to me, and I went, whoa, I get it. I preached that everywhere on this earth and got people saved everywhere I go. Just that one message, you know, uh, Teresa's dad who's in the hospital dying, and uh, nobody could get him saved. And I went up there, and 30 minutes later, he was born again, speaking in tongues. Because I got a revelation, and I understood it. But, but listen to me. Hadn't been for the Holy Ghost, I, w- I, would, I wouldn't have known that. And I'm going to say something to you. I'm not that smart. But I know who is. I know who is smart. And he makes me look smart. I, I know I look smart because he makes me look smart. I know a lot of stuff, but if someone taught it to me. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? Now, if, you, if, you're, if you're here today and I'm intimidating you a little bit, go home and start praying in the Holy Ghost and don't be so, such a knucklehead. There's so much more. So if you want to ride a bicycle all your life, ride a bicycle. We don't care. But if you really want to crank a car up and go, I think I would like to do what everybody else does and get a car with an AC and a radio and a stereo and put the, turn the AC on, roll the windows up, and, and drive in style to the store. There's, you, can, you can have power. You just need to understand a little bit more than bicycle theology. And nobody making you ride a bike. I mean, you can go on if you want to. And if you get real crazy, well, then uh, get a Toyota pickup truck. <laughs> if you want to get real crazy, buy an airplane. There, there isn't a limit if you want to go higher, further, faster, better. You can get a jet. You can get a rocket. There's, the knowledge is there. What, what are you wanting? And that's what's happening in what we call the charismatic renewal. You're not going to win America to Jesus with old-fashioned denominational preaching. They're, the nation is going to hell with churches full of people. There's no power in the churches. They're powerless and they're dead. The churches are dead. And Christians in the church are dead. And they don't care. Who cares? They're going to hell. I'm not going to hell. Now, once, once you mature a little bit, you, you care a little bit more about yourself. Okay, don't get mad at me. Just don't throw anything at me. Verse 13, these things we speak, not in words that man's wisdom teaches. See, I can't use man's t- wisdom. I can't teach it to you that way because you won't get it. But which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Now, look at this. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God that is foolishness. Honey, why are you down in the church? That's foolish. Why do you go all the time? That's foolish. Why do you pray like that? That's foolishness. To your natural mind, it's foolishness, but it's God, so you're the fool. Anybody who knows God real well is not a fool. 
Are y'all out there? Did you go home? You know God all you want to know. But the Holy Ghost is the one that's going to teach it to you. So the charismatic movement started and people started coming out of churches because they wanted more of God. I don't want to just wake up every morning to go to work and come home and I'm going to heaven when I die. I want more of God. I want more of God. I want more of God. And there's people everywhere in America that want more of God. I built this church on the people who want more of God. If you don't want more of God, well, then there's a lot of other places to go. And I don't care. They're fine. They're fine. They're all over town. You can go there. But, not, but don't come here and tell me because that's not what we do. Amen. That's right. Amen. You don't want to run out, jump, pew, scream, holler, and shout. Don't come here. This is the wrong place. Right. Are y'all understanding this? So that's what weeds people out. Those who want more and those who don't. No, and now one day, you know, there's two, the two greatest days of your life. The day you're born again, the day you stand before Jesus. you got one more great day, and you might want to work on that right now. You're going to give an answer to your life. I didn't know. You didn't want to know, son. You just I didn't want to know. All right. The natural man does not receive the things of the God, Spirit of God, their foolishness. Why do y'all run around the church? Well, we're not even, if we have to explain it to you, you wouldn't understand. Why do y'all pray in the Holy Ghost so loud? Well, if I had to explain it to you, you wouldn't understand. Well, Daddy, Daddy, why are you kissing Mama? Well, we'll talk about it later. Where do the babies come from? Stork brings them, honey. Stork brings them. That's about all you can handle right now. Don't worry about it. You know, <laughs> are y'all out there? There's a lot of things that just don't make sense. Oh, they make sense to us, though. We do it and go, oh, Jesus. I mean, there are things you can't do in the natural ever. And you walk into a church and the Holy Ghost is moving. And oh, that anointing will do things in five minutes you can't do in five years of your life. Now, the ones of you that don't don't agree with me, explain how to get a demon out. I want you to sit with me and tell me what doctor, put them on some drugs. What's the answer to demons? Do you know how to do it? Do you know how to do it? You better have some power. You better have the anointing. You better have some anointing. You better have the anointing of God. So let me ask you a question. You know, David, David's a shepherd boy and he has a good heart. Was it enough? No. Now listen to me and I'm going to explain this to you. The moment that the prophet anointed him. The Holy Ghost turned him into a king. Yes. Now let me make a statement to you. You are dumb as a rock without the Holy Ghost. Yes. But if the Holy Ghost come on you, David started thinking like God. That's supernatural. Now, I know he's just a kid. He's a boy. But God gave him a gift. The anointing. Think about it a little while. The anointing destroys yokes. It destroys bondages, sickness, ignorance, depression. Are you all out there? Do you understand this is, but now this, this is, do you understand this? Now that makes no sense to us. So let's go back in time. I want you to take your watch and your phone and go back 50 years. And I want you to pull your phone out and Look at someone and say, I'm texting, and they'll go, you're what? 
I'm texting. They'll go, excuse me? You're what? I'm talking to someone. Where's the cord? Oh, I don't need a cord. The satellite. A what? 50 years ago, what we're doing makes no sense. Do you think that heaven's advanced past you? A little? There is, there is future technology that we're using. And it doesn't make sense, I know. It sure does work real good. Are y'all getting all this? Now, I'm going to tell you I know this for a fact because I know personally of a young man that lived in Athens, Georgia that didn't even have any shoes when he got saved. One pair of blue jeans, one shirt, and not a brain in his stupid head. And he's out pastoring and preaching the gospel today. The anointing changed everything. Do you all see that? I mean, I can prove that one. <laughs> My sister, Robin, y'all, y'all got to, you, you have to, I, you have to appreciate this. She came in one Sunday. She's on the back row. Now, I was a, I was Dennis the Menace growing up. If anything went wrong in the neighborhood, where is Daryl? I bought a horse. I lived in a neighborhood. I built a stable in a neighborhood. I rode my horses up the street in a neighborhood. I hunted and, and went out and shot coons and hung them up in the, and skinned them and hung the, the hides in the, on the trees in the yard in a neighborhood. And so anything that went wrong, where's Daryl? I'd come home and take a raccoon and cook him in the backyard. Mom wouldn't let me cook it in the house. And when I would come home from hunting, Mama made me strip down outside. She said, you stink so bad, don't you even come in my house with anything on your body. Well, I did have my skibbies on because I wasn't going to ever take my skibbies off in the backyard. And and I'd run in the house and get in the tub, and I'd have to scrub down real good because I'd been out in the woods for, you know, for a week or two, and I hadn't been anywhere near no tub. And, I, and I'm using sardines to catch. You can imagine that oil is all over me for weeks on end. And I just stink like the dickens. So I want you to get this picture. There's this guy running around catching fish with his hands, poaching at night, smoking dope, raising hell on a felony. And then he leaves one day and goes off to Bible school. My family knows nothing of what happened to me. And then she comes in here, and I'm in a $500 Hart Shafter suit with alligator shoes, and she doesn't know what to do with that. And she's back there in the back. It was so funny because I could hear her. There is a God. There is. Are y'all appreciating this? Because she's trying to figure out, what did you do to him? (laughs) Never mind. Well, something happened. Something happened. I still can hunt. All right, let's, let's finish this because y- y'all are so boring. I've got to go home in a minute. 
Verse 14, how can he know them? Because they're spiritually discerned. But look at this one. He who is spiritual, that would say me, judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. Have you ever noticed that the, the closer you get to God, you just look at things and they make sense to you? And you just go, that makes sense. And, 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 and all these things are no longer a mystery to you. And they're just like normal. Praying the Spirit's normal. Running aisles and jump pews, that's normal. <laughs> Dancing in the Holy Ghost is normal. Who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? Look at the next word. But we've got the mind of Christ. We understand the things of God. That's a powerful statement. Now, think about this because Mark was talking about finances. Do you know how upsetting it is for people to hear that you give your way to prosperity? If you don't have a revelation of that, you won't do that. You're going, what? No, 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 you don't. No, I got, a, I got a calculator right here. And I'm going to tell you right now, if I had $100 and I give you 10 I got 90 I know, I, I'm not stupid. But God don't think that way. At all. All right. I, I knew. I knew. I said, I'm going to pray more before I come back in this church. <laughs> Chapter 3, verse 1. I couldn't talk to y'all as spiritual. Look at what Paul said. But as carnal as a baby, I fed you milk. I couldn't possibly get a steak down your throat. And now you still can't handle it. Verse 3, you're carnal, there's envy, strife, you fuss, you fight, you holler at each other, you scream and act like a bunch of heathen, and, and because you're a bunch of carnal Christians, you're flesh-ruled Christians. Now, that's a different group of people, do you understand that? So they're spiritual and non-spiritual people. All right, now go to 1 Corinthians 14 too. Now I'm going to run out of time here before I get to my first point. He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. However, no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he's speaking what? Mysteries. mysteries. Now listen to me very carefully. The mysteries of God will never hit your head without you praying in tongues. Maybe be crazy to you, but there's mysteries of God and you have to pray them out. And don't ask your head what is truth? You don't know. That's way past you. You are talking in a watch in the 30s. Imagine in 1930, you're talking in your watch. It's true, but then it made no sense. You're, you're, you're way out there past everybody else in the world. We're doing things now that we'll be doing the millennial reign. When I was in heaven, I want you to listen. God did not use words when he talked to me. His words came inside of my spirit man. And when I talked to him, I didn't use my mouth. But we carried on a conversation. I'm going to tell you something else. This will, mess, this will mess your head up a little bit. I've had conversations with God that lasted all of three to four seconds. And he downloaded hours of information. How? I have no idea how I did that. I have no, I have no idea how he can do that. 
How can you get 12,000 demons in one man? How? I don't know. There's a lot of stuff you don't know. The world is very complex. Spirit world is very complex. Don't try to use your brain to figure this out. You won't get it. Are you all okay? I asked the Lord one time, I said, what does dancing in the spirit do? He said, it breaks poverty. I didn't ask him how. I knew he would go, forget it. Don't even worry about it. Just, just dance. I use a fax machine. I don't know how it works. I use a phone. I don't know how it works either. How does Instagram work? I don't know. How does Facebook work? I don't know. How does Google know what I'm talking when my phone is not on? Well, that makes me mad. Me and Lisa are talking about something, and all of a sudden I get an ad in my phone. And I'm going, well, you dog, you quit listening to me. And we've had Google talk to us out of the box while we're having a conversation, and it'll get into conversation. Shut up, Google. Nobody asked you anything. You intrusive little thing, you shut up. Are you all out there? I don't, know how, I don't know how it works, but I know it does. Don't come and tell me you don't understand it. That's irrelevant. I'm trying to make it irrelevant. Now, I'm going to show you something from the Bible. I got seven minutes left, and I, and I want to show you this. Acts 10, um, 17. I want to go over here because the book of Acts is the standard. I, I, boy, I want you all to understand this. If if you walk in churches today, you will you're hard pressed to find anything in America that looks like the Book of Acts. But the Book of Acts is the standard. It's not an old standard that was done away with. Are you listening to me? If I have a blueprint at home, and it's a two story million dollar mansion, I don't want to come and find a two by four shed. That's not the blueprint. But the blueprint is not being followed. Now, we're following it. But we've got people going, well, you need 10-foot ceilings for it. 8-foot works. Just make them 10. Well, what do you need that big of an AC? Just put it in. Well, why do you, why do you have 8-foot doors? Just put them in. Why do you have double pane windows? Just put them in. Don't worry about why. Just put them in. I'm not building a house for you. We're building a house for God. Okay, 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 boy. Just, okay, 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 okay. And I need to show you some Acts 10. I think, I think if not, I've got to jump over to another Acts 10, 17. Now, when Peter wondered within himself what the vision meant, behold, men came from Cornelius to inquire of Simon's house. And they stood at the gate and they called and they said, whether Simon Peter, whose surname was Peter, was there. And Peter thought about the vision. The Spirit said, behold, I want you to go. These men are seeking you. Arise and go down. Doubt nothing. I sent them. Now, he's never been in a Gentile's house. This is messing him up. He just had a vision. Rise and eat some possum and some... And some, and some um, and some um, lobster and, and all kind of stuff that he'd never eat. And God has asked him to do something he had never done before. Sounds crazy to him. And then verse 20, arise, therefore go down, doubt nothing. I sent them. Peter went down to the men, went to a, a Gentile's house. 
And in verse 28, it says, well, you know that it's unlawful for a Jew to keep company with a, or even go in your house. But God showed me not to call you uncommon or unclean. And Peter goes in anyway, and he doesn't want to. And in verse 34, people open his mouth, and a truth I perceive God shows no partiality, and he starts preaching the gospel. Now, in verse 38, he says, How God anointed Jesus and that with the Holy Ghost and power went around doing good, healing all oppression. In verse 39, and we are witnesses of all these things, which he did in the land of the Jews in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging on a tree. How God raised him the third day and showed us openly, not to all the people, but witnesses before God, and even in the ate with us, etc., etc., etc. Now, verse 44, look at it. While Peter was speaking, the Holy Ghost fell. He did what? Say that. Say he fell. Why is it you don't normally see him fall? All right, let me come over here and we'll talk about church. When's the last time you went to X church and he fell? Never. Because most people don't even know he falls. Are y'all listening to me? Listen, even, even charismatics are uncomfortable with God falling on a church service. You know why? That makes no sense. It doesn't have to make sense. Peter is here. He doesn't, none of this is making sense to him. He is there in raw obedience. Do you know? I'm not even supposed to be here. He is going to have to go. I want you to go home and read this. He's got to go back to Jerusalem and explain how God saved a Gentile. But he said, who am I to tell God whether he can fall on a bunch of people or not? That I'm not God. But it blew his mind when the Holy Ghost fell on Gentiles and they started talking in tongues. He was more amazed than anybody in the building. All right. Is that the only time in the Bible the Holy Ghost fell? Oh, no, it's not. What about Peter's shadow? It wasn't a shadow healing people. But Peter's walking down the street and his presence... Why, why is it? I'm going to tell you a story. I'm, I'm going to take some extra time. I don't care what the youth are doing. I don't care what y'all are doing. I know a girl named Sandy Brown who used to be a L.A. Playboy bunny. She got in her room, got to pray in the Holy Ghost. God took her down into hell, showed her people in hell, and got her out and was talking to her about preaching the gospel. And she's just crazy. She's crazy. But she went into Dillard's to buy her husband a suit, and everybody she walked by fell out. She'd been with God so much for the last two or three days, fasting before God. She went to the mall to buy a suit, and she couldn't get anybody to help. She said, would you help me? Oh, boom, they fall down. Boom, they fall. And she walked through the mall, and everybody she walked by fell out. There's some power, folks. There's some power on this planet. And, and the church, I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing the church is almost ignorant. Well, they see it at Benny Hinn's meeting, but then, you know, that's Benny Hinn. Why not you? Why not you? Why not you? Well, God would love to do that with you. But you got to quit trying to figure him out. All right, here's another one. Um, wow, 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 wow. I got so many. 431, Acts 431. And I'm going to show you another one in a minute. Because I, I need to show you this stuff's in the Bible. It's not, it, nobody's making this stuff up. 
431. Let's read it. And when they prayed, the place where they was assembled was shaken. I mean, the building shook. When Paul and Silas were in jail, the, bailed, the, the building, the jail shook. Why do you think it's strange that you watch people shake? I want to show you something else. I'm going to show you. I'm just going to show you this. Acts 2, Acts. Okay, I'm, I'm going to do this anyway. Acts 2, 2, 11. Go to Acts 2, 11, then we're going to go to John, and I'm going to try to close. And I'm not coming back in here until I pray, pray it up and get you all on. Acts 2, 11. It says, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them speaking in our own language. And they were amazed and perplexed. And others mocked and said, I think they've been drinking new wine. When's the last time somebody accused you of being drunk? I mean, the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you, I had a time getting out of here Monday night. I had a... I, I really, I really went back and sat down with them and tried to function for a little while. The anointing got so strong that I, I was having a very hard time just walking around. I wasn't showing off. I wasn't trying to put on. I really was trying to get back and get something to eat because I was hungry. And I went back and I sat down and I, and I was trying to be conscious and I ate some dinner and then I went and sat in my office and about 30, 40 minutes, five minutes later, I got in my truck and prayed the cops didn't see me. And driving like a crazy man on the way home. Hey, 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 glory to God. Just getting drunk in the spirit. Well, why is that? Now, at Rodney's in the river, that's not weird. But there's most, most Christians, they, they, they would go, I, I don't see the need for that. Well, if you're not interested in people, whether they go to heaven or not, we understand you don't. But when you get around some power, I'm going to show you one more. I'm going to show you one more. I want you to see this is in the Bible. All right, I'm going to do one more. John 18. If this doesn't do it, then, then I can't help you at all. I can't help you with nothing. I want, you to, I want you to see this in your Bible, John 18, 3. Judas, having received a detachment of troops and officers from the chief priests, Pharisees, came with ladders, torches, and weapons. And Jesus, knowing things would come upon him, went forward and said, Who are you looking for? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And he said, I am he. And Judas, who betrayed him, stood with him. And when they said that, I am he, what does it say? What's it say, Angela? Every soldier bit the dirt. They fell, on, they fell out. Why? They're, when you get in the presence of God, your body is going to know you're in the presence of God. And he's standing there going, well, who are you looking for? Well, we're looking for Jesus. I'm he. Whoa! Everybody fell down. They didn't carry him away because he could have just walked off. And they're on the ground. And he says, who are you looking for? And they go, oh, um, Jesus. The whole brigade is laying in the dirt in the presence of God. They didn't know, they, they, he went freely, man. He didn't have to go. 
And all he did was just say a word, and they went, wham! Now, one of the things that I'm trying to do in this church is bring you back slowly, because like Mark said, you've got to yield. You put the foot down and go, he ain't getting on you. You numb nut, he ain't ain't doing nothing with you. He will if he wants to. Now, I'm going to take my time here. Lisa's got a sister named Bonnie. And what was their denomination? Christian Missionary Alliance. Well, she came to church here. She didn't believe in tongues. And she certainly was not going to let anybody push her down. I don't, I don't know. I don't agree with that. I don't see the need for it. But you know, people have problems. And it's the anointing that breaks the yoke, right? So it was a Wednesday night, and I said, does anybody here dealing with depression? I want to pray for you. She goes, well, that can't hurt. And she comes up, and she, she's braced. Ain't nobody knocking me down. And I just walked up and I said, Bonnie, can I pray for you? She goes, yes. And I just laid my finger on her and down she went. Now, she's on the floor and the Holy Ghost wouldn't even let her up. And she's laying there and she can't move. And she's thinking, I don't know what to do. And I walked up and I said, Bonnie, you can speak in tongues if you want to. And she closed her eyes and just took off in a language. And she gets up filled with the Holy Ghost, drunk in the spirit, full of God. And she goes, whoa. I said, by the way, the depression's gone. Yeah, but you, you, you quit running around telling God how to run his kingdom. How many times did you see where the epileptic boy fell as dead? What do you think is happening? They came in contact with power. If you don't believe me, I want you to do something tonight. If you don't believe anything I've preached, I want you to go home. I want you to get a bobby pin. I want you to put it in your mouth, open it up, and stick in the outlet. If you want to feel some power, and then come back and tell me what happened. That's just natural power. Well, do you think that coming in contact with God would be less? Oh, no. Oh, no. Now, let me ask you, all of y'all that have ever been drunk in the Holy Ghost, was it a bad experience? Now, I'm going to tell y'all the story of when I got saved. The second time I went to Ernest Angley's meeting, I'm standing on the stage. Now, this is, I, I am, I'm, I'm thinking, why did they build this stage with wheels? They didn't. And I, I was thinking to myself, that's absolutely rude. 
and the, and, and, and the man of God is coming down. He's praying for people. And everybody he hadn't prayed for is sad. I looked at their faces. They are all. And everybody he prayed for is smiling. And I went, I'll bet this is going to be good. <laughs> Now, some of y'all have actually drank before. There was a reason we drank. God knows that you're not supposed to live on this side of heaven without being drunk some. You, you, need, you need to just go get drunk sometime. It just, if you can belly up at the bar, why can't you belly up at church and just get good and drunk and the Holy Ghost? <laughs> so tell me the harm. What harm? What harm did it do to jump up and be happy? I mean, I don't, I don't see where any harm was done. We just hollered and shouted a little bit. What you're dealing with, folks, is the Holy Ghost. When you invite him, he, when he comes, he's going to come in power. And, it, and it's your church service, don't put it in a bulletin. There ain't nothing you can write in there that's going to make any sense. Well, never mind. <laughs> what time's it over? We don't have any idea about that either. Ain't nobody cares. Now, boy, are y'all getting this? That's what we're dealing with right now is the church needs power. Churches like in Africa. Now you watch, you watch, you watch Mark Hankins' meetings in Africa. They're winning the multitudes by the millions. How are they doing it? They're ignorant people, full of God. China has a revival. Russia has a revival. There's only one place that the people are so stinking stubborn. It's the United States of America. We're so smart. We are so smart. We are so, I don't make no sense. And I don't want to, I don't think that makes any sense. Well, we understand it, don't you? You're right, it don't. But we're talking about the power of God. When we stop trying to figure him out and just kind of go, well, if you want to do it, we're just, go, we're just getting there with you. I don't have time to do it tonight, but I want to keep this going a little bit. Most of the people that I've had any impact on have always been because of the Holy Ghost talking to me about them. Word of knowledge over people, word of wisdom over people. Lost people are not impressed with your Jesus until you walk up and say something to them that nobody but them knows. You want to talk about them looking at you and going, I'm a, Justin's going to be preaching real soon and I, I'm going to ask him, he's talking to a police officer one night 
trying to get him saved and went home. You have a dream, Justin? Oh, security. The security guard. Did you have a dream? And he came back and told this guy the dream, got him saved. Yes. Holy Ghost. Yes. Jesus talked to the woman at the well yes. by the Holy Ghost. Yes. Had him been for the Holy Ghost, he wouldn't have got her saved. I don't care who he is. Right. Yes. Now, somewhere along the line, we've decided we're going to get this job done without him. Well, you're not going to do it. No, you're not going to get this job done without the Holy Ghost. Jesus didn't. Jesus did not operate on this earth without the help of the Holy Ghost. You and I are not either. Now, one of the things we're doing in church, we're trying to teach you how to work with him. If he wants to come in here and have a blow up and just to get you used to working with him, what happens when you go to work? Little, um, I don't know whether who he's watching tonight, um, Edward Houston. He came here and took him in the office, got him filled with the Holy Ghost. Good Catholic born-again Catholic boy. Well, he called me the, a few days later, and he said, I'm, I was at church, and the Lord told me about a woman over there and told me all this stuff, and, and I didn't know what to do. And I went over, and I said it to her, and she got saved. <laughs> I said, well, Sean died. You're sitting in a church, same people you've been sitting with for years, and all of a sudden the Holy Ghost says something to you. And you walk over and say, um, Holy Ghost said something, I want to pray for you. And she gets saved. Well, the Holy Ghost knows what she needs. Amen. Are y'all getting this? Yeah. Are y'all understanding something? You're, the church has been absolutely powerless. Hear a good sermon, go home, hallelujah. Oh, that's good. Wouldn't you like just a little tiny bit of power in your life? Yes. A little bit more than just you? Yes. Now, I don't have time to do it, in, but if we had time, I'll tell you about the boy that drowned in the Bahamas and God healed him, or the, the guy that died in India and I prayed for him and came back to life, or there's some power. You don't need to take everybody with devils and send them to the psychiatrist and fill them with drugs and stuff them in a cell, jail cell. Why don't you cast it out? Well, if you can't even yield to him in church, what makes you think you're going to yield to him in an insane asylum? Are y'all getting, y'all I feel that y'all have actually woke up. It's time to close, but you're starting to wake up. That's good. God has been doing this thing called the charismatic movement for years, trying to get the church back into a position for the last days so you can minister. That's why you're here. Does this help you a little? Because if not, I'm coming back. Now, once you start being used by God, I don't want you to get a set of cards that says prophet. And run from church to church with your ministry. <laughs> Just obey God and enjoy your life. And pray he sends you straight into hell with that anointing. I have worked in some places. The meanest people you have ever met in your life. And a year later they're all saved. It's fun. Oh boy. 
Hold on to that. Let me close it out. Father God, thank you for this evening. I pray that there's people in this church that are ready to just keep pressing in. We've come back around full circle, and it's time for us to come back into all of this again. We're not waiting on you. You've been waiting on us. But I think we're going to have to get sick and tired of being religious. And we're going to have to want more of you. I'm asking you, Father, out of this building, out of this church, people would start wanting a lot more of you and a lot less of them. We're trying to figure this whole thing out in our head. Jesus needed the Holy Ghost. Paul needed the Holy Ghost. Peter needed the Holy Ghost. Reinhard Bonnke needs the Holy Ghost. Benny Nin needs the Holy Ghost. Kenneth Copeland needs the Holy Ghost. We all need the Holy Ghost. And Father God, I ask you to help us to learn to yield to him, walk with him, and become Holy Ghost people. And we're not throwing the Bible away. We're going to stay in the Word, but we're going to be Word, Spirit, people. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.